When people around the U.S. woke to hear the news that the suspects in the Boston bombings case were ethnic Chechens, many were scratching their heads. But for the small number of Chechens living here, the news was chilling. Almut Rochovansky is co-founder and coordinator for the Chechnya Advocacy Network based in New York. There isn't much of a community. I mean, there are Chechens living in the U.S., but it's actually a very small number. We've never been fully able to see to find out how many, but we estimate that it's less than 1,000 overall and spread out all over the country. I've been in touch with some of my closest Chechen friends who live here, and disbelief, shock, um, a measure of denial, and sort of an attempt to, to be able to distance these two young men from their own community, to find a way to where you can say, well, you know, they're really not us. They don't represent us. They didn't even grow up with us. You know, they're not us. And, and how are you reaching out, and, and what are you telling these people? I'm not telling them anything. It's not my role to tell them anything. I, at this point, um, I'm, just, I'm just trying to see what they are saying and how they are formulating the ideas, and just to observe. Um, if they need any support or any help, they know, you know, I can help them. Some just ordinary U.S. citizens of Chechen origin who, who live here have been a bit harassed by media already. Yeah. One of them found a news van parked outside her house, and she's just a private citizen, and that freaked her out a little bit. I told her, just calm down, you know, have your husband go out and tell him you're not going to talk to them. So things like that. Do you think they're worried about some kind of blowback from this? I think some of them might be, especially those who have either experienced themselves or have heard a lot or thought a lot about um, sort of ethnic discrimination against ethnic Chechens in Russia, which was at times sort of ebbs and flows a very severe problem, especially when there were really bad terrorist attacks in Russia. And they might sort of think about it in that context. For someone to, you know, discriminate against Chechens or to single them out, they'd have to first find them. And there are not a lot of them here, and they don't stick out in any way. I think most of the time their neighbors probably don't even know they're Chechens. They would think maybe they're Russian, you know, something post-Soviet. And finally, Almud, considering all the violence that has taken place in Chechnya over the last um, few decades, why aren't there more Chechens in the United States? There has been a very large flow of refugees outside Russia, uh, and this mostly happened actually after the main military action was over. This started in a big way in 2003, but they all went to Europe. And it's, first of all, it's just easier to go to Europe. And, you know, there comes also a moment that when a certain community has already established there, it acts as a pull factor. So I think that is the main reason why there aren't so many here. It's quite difficult to come to the U.S. Almut Rochovansky is coordinator for the Chechnya Advocacy Network in New York. And, and we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Waking up one morning to discover that someone you thought you knew may have done something unimaginable is an emotionally jarring experience. But it's what happened this morning all over Cambridge, Massachusetts. That's where the two suspects in Monday's Boston Marathon bombing lived. As most of the world now knows, the younger of the two brothers grew up in Cambridge and was a well-known and well-liked student at the city's public schools. Alice Cohen is a social worker in Cambridge who works with kids there. And Alice, how does this affect a kid, a teen, anyone, when someone they know well suddenly seems not to be who they thought? It's very shocking when people engage in very unexpected behavior. I think everyone tries to find some way of making sense out of it, and I think it's inexplicable for people who, everything I'm hearing about this child is that 
he was a pretty affable, well-adjusted guy. So one has to wonder whether something happened to him recently that produced this really egregious, outrageous, disturbing behavior. I think most people just feel extremely shocked. And when people are shocked, it's people get anxious and upset. I think it's very important for people to remember that this story will unfold over a long period of time. Right now, it's a very fearful, anxious time for all of us. I think it's very important for people, particularly people with children, to try to remain very calm and maintain their structure and routine. I wonder what you would say to parents as far as how they talk to their kids. Because we are, of course, in Boston talking about a really horrific incident, but it is not the only one. Lots of parents will have to have some sort of similar discussion with their kids about some horrible incident? Well, I think there are three things that are important to remember. And the first one is that most children react to events like this in the very same way that their parents do. They take all their cues about how important something is or how frightening it is or how afraid they should be of it from what their parents communicate to them. So it's very important for parents to be very reassuring to their children and to model behavior that is calm and in control, even if that's not exactly how they're feeling. The second thing that's really important is to remember the ages of your children. So most really young children don't really understand the nature of what's happening, and they just need to be reassured that there are adults in the world who are keeping them safe and who are making sure that if something bad happened, that they can fix it as soon as possible. I think older kids like to get a little bit more information. They want to understand whose fault something is and who's going to take responsibility for it, and they have a higher kind of moral development. A lot of parents imagine that their kids feel the same level of heightened anxiety that they do, and actually most of the time kids don't. So it's important to ask what kids actually know about the situation and what they're thinking about it, rather than impose our own sense of being so unnerved. The last thing is, I think it's important for kids to understand that there are things that we can do when we feel helpless that will help us feel more in control. And one of those things is to pay attention to who is helping. I think that's very important for kids. But kids also need to feel like they can do something. And the most important thing that they can do is to be a person in the world who represents nonviolent problem solving and peaceful approaches to working things out. And for parents to very much reassure their kids that we're going to be okay. Now, even if kids don't exactly understand what's happening with the bombings, the manhunt, and and all that, uh, kids in the greater Boston area know that they're not going to school today. They know that mommy and daddy aren't going to work for the most part. How does something like that uh, likely to affect kids? Again, it depends on what the parents say about it and how old the kid is. I told my daughter I was staying home to clean. Your daughter is how old? She's nine, and my younger daughter is five. And I'm imagining that I'll talk to my older daughter about this maybe when it's a little more resolved. But because in many houses right now, whole families are glued to the television, which I strongly discourage. I, I would strongly encourage people to turn their media off and do something else. Just watching the same loop of the same bomb squad get out of the same bus 12 or 15 times is really scary for kids. And sometimes kids don't know that that's just one piece of tape. 
You know, after 9-11, I had many kids tell me that hundreds of buildings were destroyed by hundreds of planes because they watched this video over and over again. Alice Cohen is a social worker from Cambridge, Massachusetts, home of the two Boston Marathon bombing suspects. And Alice, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome.